Yo, what's up? My name is Daniel Flayfield and welcome back to the channel. Today I'm gonna interview the plage god Viktor Kamenov. The last interview with Eric Ortiz that I did was pretty successful and many of you that watched that video appreciated it and that's why I thought let's do another one. But before we jump into the interview I need to say some things. First of all hit that like button if you want to support this channel and also if you like this interview. Second of all Viktor Kamenov is selling some calisthenic skills program like the full plage, one arm handstand and fit your planche. If you want to buy one of his programs with 15% discount use Daniel Flayfill in the checkout. And this is a special discount just because of this interview. And the third thing make sure to subscribe to the channel so you don't miss out any other interviews that I will do. The next one is with Vitaly Melnik the crazy kid. So make sure to hit that subscribe button and now let's jump into that interview. Alright man, welcome to the channel, Victor Kamenov, the Planche Master. How you doing? Hey bro, thanks a lot for an invitation, it means a lot. Man, it's an honor for real to have you here. Uh, the last interview was with Eric and now with you. I call you guys aliens, you know, you two are aliens, you are, you are not from this planet. Thank you. Really, I, I saw your channel and all the battles that you're commenting, really like your work and enjoying what you're doing. And I think that's really good because nobody ever tried anything like this and it's really good for spreading that calisthenics. Uh, man, I'm happy that, that you're watching and I'm happy that you're enjoying and saying that because that's the goal with my, my reactions, doing the commenting on battles. I want, to, I want this community to grow even more to the mainstream as well. Exactly, exactly. I have some questions. I've asked the people what they want to know about you. And I hope the people who are watching already, before we start, hit that like button as well. And also leave a comment and share this with some friends so this video can spread even more so people can know more about Viktor Kamenov. The first question is, how old are you? And where are you from? I'm currently 21 years old and I'm from Sofia, Bulgaria. And you live in Bulgaria right now? Yeah, right now I live in Bulgaria. I was born here. And you have lived there your whole life? Yeah, my whole life. The, the thing I'm wondering, when did you start with calisthenic and street work and what made you start with this sport? So, bro, it's actually hard to say exactly. I still remember some first attempts of pulling up in the early 2011. But I can't say that I started for real because I was starting, stopping. But actually, I think I started spring or uh, summer 2012. Yeah, and since that time, I haven't stopped since today. Like basically, you started a little bit with pull-ups and dips and stuff, but you didn't call it calisthenics. I, at this time, I had no idea of what calisthenics is. Really, the sport calisthenics was not that big as right now. So I was more about, let's say, gymnastics and acrobatics, also calisthenics. But it's it's a little bit different from how right now athletes are starting because right now every athlete is look up to Daniels, Eric, me maybe, and they're trying to get that level. But at this time, it was a little bit different. The sport was small, so... I had not only influence from calisthenics. Yeah, it was more from the gymnastic. Yeah, from gymnastics, also acrobatics. Yeah, I, st I still remember watching a lot of gymnastics uh, competition and really liked what people were doing there, even though at this time I didn't understand, for example, the difference between handstand and planche. Beginning, I started mostly with handstands. Just like all the people out from the streets, I had no idea of the difference between planche and handstand so I like much more handstand just because you were with 
the head upside down. So it's so interesting and so dangerous. Maybe you can you can die, you know. So I, I had I had no idea for what uh, the real level is and how harder actually the planches. But actually, only one year I was doing only handstands. I remember I was doing everywhere in school, after school, before school, only handstands. But that gave me so much strength for the shoulders. And as you know, the shoulders are one of the main uh, body parts that uh, are involved in the planche. So yeah, that yeah. helped me a lot for uh, getting after this a faster planche progress. You started with one thing. like That's why I see commonly with a lot of athletes that are good. They start with, like focusing on one thing. They get in love with it. And then they start to develop. Yeah, exactly. It's really important not to focus on many things especially in the beginning it will be much harder for you to progress yeah yeah like all the young athletes now that are watching they are like oh yeah i want to have a maltese one arm planche like in one month please exactly that's the problem because look back in this time the vision that i had for me like in year or two in front was not that big as the vision that nowadays athletes put because they all see right now maltese or let's say one arm planche and they start thinking about this move from the real beginning and most of them don't have that initial preparation and they go for harder moves and what happened as a result they just got injured and when you get injured of course your progress is much slower yeah and the body is not prepared to put that much tension on your uh, joints and everything and some people have never worked out and they're like yeah let's go i'm gonna do one arm planche in one year Exactly. That's the biggest problem that beginners do, and it's really important to follow the steps. Really, in the first year, I had no idea of what Maltese is. Yeah, I've seen somewhere in the gymnastics somebody doing Maltese, but it was just boring for me. I, I was thinking that, okay, he's maybe lying on the ground. I had no idea of how hard actually is and how harder than handstand is. And that's like, it's good that you mention it, because the people watching, I know a lot of them are new and they don't have the static strength. and. That's when I started, I started four and a half years ago. I didn't focus so much on statics. I loved freestyle. I love like the dynamic stuff. I'm in love with it. Like recently I started to focus on the statics more and I understood that I have a base of strength, but many that asked me like, yeah, but I should, I want to plunge, but I'm like, can you do a handstand? Can you do some, can you do even 15 dips or 20 dips or whatever? Like, no, but I want to plunge. I'm like, but that, your body doesn't work like that. You need to have a base. Exactly, exactly. That's sadly because all the people who are not that familiar with the sport find all these mainstream things much more cooler than actually the hard stuff. That's why also many athletes, even Kalisani's athletes, more go more about that mainstream part. In order to have any revenue, any profit to get from calisthenics, you need to think about the majority of the people and what the majority of the people wants. Look, honestly, nobody cares about two, my two-finger program, yeah. Like, as I say, nobody, nobody compared to all the people who want to learn how to do muscle-up or 360 or handstand. In the beginning, who was your inspiration to the sport, to starting with calisthenic bodyweight training? It doesn't need to, like, was it a specific person or was it just something general? No, I, I had no specific idol, let's say, that I was aiming to get his level. As I said, I was I was looking up to not only calisthenics, also gymnastics. But yeah, I was really, really inspired from Yuri Van Gelder, really strong gymnastic guy. 
professional gymnast. So I was really inspired from what he was doing. Also, Hannibal for King, the guy that Eric mentioned in the last uh, interview. Yeah, he's yeah. he's just amazing uh, for that for his time. Of course, he's just amazing. And also, my uncle, my uncle is also doing calisthenics, and he's still doing so. So, of course, I got motivated from him. I wanted to get strong like him. A little bit mixed of everything. Mixed of everything, of course. Lately, when I uh, get into the planches, I started to really realizing more about the complex stuff. My idol was Dmitry Kuznetsov, exactly the same guy that Eric said the last interview. And you said that you don't know him, but I suggest you to check him. Yeah. This guy was my biggest motivation. I remember still watching his videos before training, after training in school, looking at all the details. All the details I was trying to imitate what he's doing. Uh, 2016 and 17, I had a chance to meet him. And at this level, my level was even higher than his level. And I still remember when I was doing my set in the competition, he was watching and then he was clapping and there is no better feeling than this. Yeah, you, when you have your idol watching you and, and it's like saying, hey, this, is guy, this guy is great. How long has he been doing it? I think for 10 years. He started yeah. two or three years uh, before me, so maybe since 2010, something like this. But... He was one of the guys that implemented all those clean moves like clean Maltese, clean full planche in the calisthenics. Because before that, it was all about banana full planche or bent arm planche. He was the first guy who put it, all these gymnastics things into the calisthenics. Yeah, and of course, I wanted to be the first one who will implement that in Bulgaria. Because in order to get known, in order to people to know you, you need to show something that nobody ever showed before. One of my aims was, was exactly this, to show on Bulgarian competitions something that was uh, nobody ever saw before. And it was clean Maltese when actually the average level was, let's say, barely doing straddle planche. And you see what I'm talking about. And Yeah, the level was so much different. Exactly, exactly. Uh, my first competition was 2013 in Bulgaria. I got 13 place. Uh, I was not that uh, happy about it, so I said exactly this to myself. I need to put something new. I need to show them a new level, something different that nobody saw before in my country. Yeah, and exactly the next year, 2014, I was competing in almost all the competition. We had a lot of competition. We had, uh, let's say, even 15 competition in a year. So this year, I was competing in all of them. I was not trying to skip any. So just to get better and better, 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 better. Exactly. And from all the competition, I was always champion. Champion. Yeah. So just because I I put it clean full planche, clean straddle motifs for that time, it was really strong move, even though right now nobody cares about straddle motifs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And that's how I got popular in my country at first. So would you say that you were one of the first ones to do like introduce how clean it should be in my country yes and also i was one of the first overall yeah there are some guys like dmitry kuznetsov and nikolai ubanov and some guys that most of the people don't remember and don't know but uh, they started to like one year or two years before me yeah but uh, i was really motivated from them to continue their level and make it higher when did you start to get recognized in the sport? Do you remember Do you remember what the reason was? Well, in my country, I, I already told you, 
but in uh, overall in global calisthenics, uh, the first time that people started recognizing me was in 2015. It was uh, the competition in Moscow. I was national champion the first time in my life. And that gave me opportunity to, to go to Moscow. And I was so happy because I knew that in this city is my idol. And not, not only him, also another guy that I'm looking up to. Uh, so I was so happy. And I was almost sure that I'll be in the top three, in the top three. Because I, at this point, I was so already strong, already strong. I, I was doing Maltese press, and it was 2015. I was already sure uh, that I'll get in the top three. But what happened, actually, that was the first year that Dynamics started putting into the competitions. Ah. Yeah, but I was, actually, I was afraid to jump over the bar. <laughs> I've never done any Dynamics. Yeah, 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 of course. I still remember Eric throwing uh, jump over the bar to 360. You know, that's nothing that special for now, but for 2015, it was something so innovative. It was something so innovative. And in the same time, his statics were insane for that level. So he got, he got the first place. Me, with my expectations, what happened? I was, I was doing Maltese press to Maltese and all the static skills. Not on that high level as I did it the next years, but I got seventh place, which was okay because I had no dynamics. Really, I, I got it with zero dynamics, only with, with statics. But I said to myself, maybe I need to work more on the dynamics, right? It's good to start working more on the dynamics because the next years, the guys who were complete, who had dynamics and statics were on the top. Yeah, so after this competition, yeah, I got seventh place. I was no, I was not satisfied. Plus this, I, I didn't saw my idol. So I was really upset, yeah. So you started with dynamics 2004. 15 then. 2015, yes. In 2016, I, I got most of the skills that you see nowadays, like 540, double 360. That helped me to get better place for the next year. But honestly, I've never, I've never felt that this is something I want to do. I felt it like obligation just to get better place because I was aiming for the top three places. Yeah, I actually made it in 2016. I was in the top three. Uh, I showed uh, three, uh, 540s and thing. I showed more dynamics. So yeah, I made it. Plus, was it Daniels who won? No, no, it was not Daniels. Uh, one guy, Payam, won. I, I still don't think that he deserved that place, but, you know, judge decision, I don't comment it. A question that... I get a lot, like here in Sweden, also uh, people asking, what is the difference between street work and calisthenic? And what do you say? Do you say street workout or do you say calisthenics? I say calisthenics simply because most of the time that I was training was in the gym or in this room here. So that's why I call it calisthenics. Street, I'm not that street guy. Yeah, maybe maybe 30% of my trainings were outside on the streets, but I say it's calisthenics, yeah. You would just say that it's the same thing in the end? Not really. Not really. Calisthenics is more overall body preparation, let's say. But that, that just in my opinion, I haven't read any definition of what is calisthenics and what is street workout. But that's just my opinion. Calisthenics is more overall body preparation, also working on your legs, not only the upper body and skills. While street workout is more connected to the elements. Right, we're talking here about full planche, one lamp handstand. This is more street workout, but that's just again my opinion. For me, during the this year, when uh, these years, when people are asking, I'm like, recently I started to change that to more calisthenic because 
for other people to understand also the sport they are more they they understand calisthenics more than i say street workout so when i talk to people outside i'm like yeah uh, i do calisthenics and they're like oh yeah body weight when i say street workout they're like uh, street workout what no, i don't like the thing that it's called street yeah street i don't think i don't just like this word and even in my country five years ago there was also another name street fitness street what? fitness it's <laughs> yeah it's maybe it's your grandpa maybe your grandmother will understand you but street fitness yeah. calisthenics sounds much better yeah like oh street fitness that was something you have never heard that yeah you just start image imagining yourself fitness on the streets when you started the sport it was it big in bulgaria yeah it was big it was big but it was totally different seriously right now if you go to the gym you can see everybody throwing 540s triple 360s even even little kids everybody's trying planches but in this time the level was different and the requirements for getting the first places were also different mm. everybody were aiming to do different types of swap grips let's say and the harder it is the stronger you are this was uh, the the level that everybody was setting so somebody else had to put another level and i i still remember my first competition when i was doing clean planches everybody were asking me are you gymnast and they still ask me they still ask me even though right now it's a little bit more normal to see somebody doing clean moves but at this time when everybody were doing banana planches they all asked me are you gymnast because I was also pointing my toes. I said, no, no, I just like watching gymnastics. I'm looking at all the details and I'm trying to, to always to bring quality to what I'm doing. It's really important to bring quality because I look this sport not only as sport, but also as an art. You see, you yeah. think about the quality, how you execute those elements. Exactly. That's really important in my opinion. That I agree with you. Some people can do crazy stuff, but it doesn't look clean. Yeah. And and in the end, you, yes, you want to hold it, but you want it to look good as well. Like, I am not at that level yet that I can hold any, like, plans and stuff, but I'm working on it. But you'll get it. You, I will get it. No worries. I will get it. That's my plan. I'm working hard for it. But the th thing is, you can have an ugly, ugly planche first, ugly back lever, whatever. But then you need to, like, for me, I need to focus, then you need to focus on it. Focus on the four. Okay, what should I work on? I'm weak here. Okay, let's work on that. Yeah, it's not only about working. It's also about thinking and looking at the details because you can work all the day and still get no results. It's about doing the planche, putting your phone away, record what you're doing, then look at the video and think what I am doing wrong, looking at everything. And that's the way that you progress. And that, that's the way that you will progress much faster. A question people have been asking is, what are you doing for a living? Right now I'm doing my living only by calisthenics, even though it's, it's not enough. But with the idea that the, scroll, the sport is growing, maybe sometime in the future, in the near future, I can make more profit from it. Uh, usually when the situation is normal and there is no coronavirus, I get invitation from many gyms around the world. Like normally I, I have four or five workshops a year, which is absolutely good, but I can say again, it's not enough in order to live normally. I really like doing that job. Because and when I help them, I know that they will use that information and implement in their trainings. It's not like yeah. just answering random guy on Instagram who is asking planche tips, bro. Like all the guys that when I go to the, in the morning on, on the inter, Instagram, they ask me, yeah. You know that those guys, those guys are listening to you carefully 
and they will understand what you're talking about and they will do it. And also gives me a lot of confidence because look, it brings me out from the comfort zone. Sometimes I need to talk in front of 50 people, in front of 60 people, and it's it's not for 20 minutes, it's for three hours, four hours. And in the same time, you need to show them how to make those moves. So yeah, but after such an event, I feel incredible, just incredible. Like I, I feel I can do everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And another thing, it allows me to travel the world, which is that's something, yeah. Which is the best thing, I think. One of the best things from the calisthenics that's that gave me yeah. I never underestimated that. Like traveling is the best, getting experience, seeing things you've never seen. It's such an amazing experience. Exactly. But right now it's a little bit different. I don't have any invitations. And the ones I had, I just canceled them and delayed from for when everything is over. I started launching my programs as a profit. It works even better than workshops, but it's not the same. It's not the same feeling. It's it's way different. Yeah, and I can't travel. But I heard that you are studying as well. Yeah, I'm also studying in a university architecture, but are, somehow cool. I'm, I'm making it, yeah, with organization. Nice. How long, how long are you going to study that? Or how long have you been studying? It's already my third year and I have uh, three more. Man, that's cool. I didn't know that. Like, that was something totally new. I don't know. I don't think many people know that. Uh, I think it's really important uh, that uh, you're not only focused on one thing, but also have another options. I've never seen myself only as an athlete. Because just, just imagine you open a gym and then the gym closes because of the corona. I, I agree with you. That's why I, I like to, I love to record stuff. I love to create and I try to have, find different stuff that I like to do. Training is part of like, it's a main source that I do like thing, but I love other st stuff as well. I think the more skills you have, the better is for your life. So how has calisthenics changed your life? How do you think as well your life would be without calisthenics? I can't imagine even a week without training because I'm so used to this. Like my brain is programmed to do this. Actually, I was training during all my teenage age. So it had a big influence on me. And I really saw that in order to achieve something, you need to work hard. And not only work hard, but also think, set a plan, a vision, like holistic plan, and then separate it into the little plan so you can follow it. As I already told you, if you only work without any direction, it's not going to work. Like, I still remember my first year, I had some direction, but I had no idea how to train exactly. And I was training four or five hours a day. And I had not that good results. And right now, trust me, what I'm doing is only two hours a day training in order to maintain what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm not in my best level. I'm not ready to compete, but I still have everything prepared. If somebody invites me for a competition, I can get my top level really fast. So yeah, yeah it's really important to know how to train. And I feel that all those two hours are way better than spending them on a cinema or party because I, I feel those two hours as an asset, something that's helping me in the future. If something is not an asset and it's you're just losing your time, I'm not doing it. If we look at when you last competed, that was a long time ago. Uh, we haven't seen you compete in a while. And why is that? Honestly, I lost any motivation to prove that I'm the best. I'm better than some other athletes. I think it's better for me to prove that I'm stronger than my past version and i'm doing this every time even the training that i'll do today in the evening 
I'll try to be better than I was the last week. I don't find any motivation anymore to go for competition. But last uh, week, my friends uh, just wrote me about uh, World of Bar Heroes Online League. And they, they told me, why don't you try yourself? And I saw what the requirements are, actually. And I think it were, they, they all were really good for me. Because right now, I'm not training Dynamics for one year already. I haven't done a single 360 for one year. I don't feel that my thing and I was doing only for competition. I, I've never felt satisfaction from it. So I told myself, actually, I'm doing all my combo, static combos at home. Usually, why don't just try myself in this online league? And plus, it's also another possibility to compete somehow. You can see many top athletes who were competing before, but right now they're not competing. I'll tell you also another reason. Let's talk about La Rosa. Just, a, just an example. Like, he already proved himself. He already got that popularity from the competition. He don't need that anymore. Look, he's concentrated more on the mainstream stuff because he knows that that's the only way he can make his living with calisthenics. While other guys are continuing doing the old way and continue doing the same, the same things, and things don't work. Like, it's important to think about what ma the majority of the people want if you want to live with calisthenics. So that's also another reason why some athletes are not competing. Plus, everybody expects from you the best. You can't be the best every time. Let's be honest. Like, if somebody tell you I'm on 100% every time, he's just lying. He's just lying. We all have ups. We all have downs. Yeah, but the idea is not, not to lose all your skills. Be always on a 70%. And... When you decide to show, go that 100%. And it's really important. If you want to compete, always do your best. Always be in the 100%. If you're on 70%, better not show. Like the clever athlete know when to hide and when to show. All right, that was a good answer. Really good. If you need to choose three athletes that inspire you today, who would that be? Oh, it's hard to say because there are many people that they inspire me. And honestly, there are so many strong unknown guys. I don't even now know their names. I'm still going for those who I already know and who will always be my motivation. For sure, Eric Ortiz, also his brother. They both are crazy, also good personality. That's really important. Not only good athlete, you need to have also good personality. And do you have somebody else? Yeah, of course. Daniel Swizans, for sure. Like, I thought that he's out a little bit from the sport, like he went down, but I saw his video yesterday, and I think he's really on a good level. He's still my inspiration. There are actually many guys. I can say Gajiatarov, you know, the Italian guy. La Rosa also inspired me. Yeah, also that long, I think he's, he has a good, beautiful form of the elements. Also, Netco, I'm not telling this because he's my friend and I know him for a long time. I think he just made a great progress over the years and now he's one of the top. Yeah, he's also big, he's tall and he has a crazy pulling skills. Also not pulling only, also pushing and that's rarely seen. I saw him do one arm front lever pull-ups. I was like, what is this? Yeah, he's strong, definitely. Uh, of course, my old idols, Dmitry Kuznetsov, even though he's not that uh, active right before and he's not showing all his crazy skills like before uh he's still my motivation even uh, if even if i see a single full planche from him also another thing sometimes it's about not about what you're doing but who you are uh, the charisma who you are it's a huge 
factor huge exactly exactly during your eight years in calisthenic did you consume any kind of supplements creatine whey or so on never never seriously never really common question that people ask me but never do you something see do you see something bad with it no i just feel perfectly without any supplements so i don't try mm -hmm. it any bad it depends of the supplement or honestly it depends of the supplement the only see the only thing i can really stand for that i know like scientifically works or proven it's creating this like but taking bca and those stuff it's all marketing and people just spending money exactly i think it's more marketing also all these proteins i think i think you can get all that protein from the food i'm trying every day to get at least 120 grams of protein uh, which is totally possible with food but i don't need any more i don't have i don't want to have any kidneys kidneys problem or some other problems you are the planche god in many people's eyes how long did it take for you to learn the full planche look that's my favorite question because everybody asks how much time i needed but nobody gives you a definition of what the full planche means like two seconds 10 seconds 36 seconds or a minute like that's that's because i'll talk in seconds let's say maybe to achieve full planche five seconds i needed like a year and a half, something like this. But if we talk about bigger holds, like my record, which was 36 seconds, I think I needed four years or five wait, years. Wait, wait, wait. Did you say, say 36? Yeah. You cannot saw it? You can, that's the world record. Man, I need to... Let, You're what? not educated. Man, 36 seconds. God damn it. That was the world record at uh, 2017, but uh, I, still, I don't know if anybody beat it. I asked Eric about that. He said... I'm like, bro, how long can you hold the full plan? She's like, uh, I, I never tried. I, know, I don't know. I'm like, can you hold it for 30 seconds? He's like, yeah, I can train a little bit. I'm like, what is it with you guys? You aliens, come on, 36 seconds. Bro, it's possible, bro. It's possible. You just need to, to work on the hold. It's not only about uh, training, but also about focusing on exactly on the hold. Because it was not like this. I just decided one day to do 36 seconds and... Boom, I got it. No, I was training specifically for this. I was aiming for 20, I was aiming for 25, 30, and then 36. Then I stopped, but maybe soon I'll get back because I have so much time here in home. Right now I'm I'm more I have more free time, so maybe I'll try to beat it. Man, that's it's just insane. I can't even here I'm trying. <laughs> it's just here I'm trying to do a straddle, so I'm trying to fool and you i don't know what to say like i'm just shocked yeah because i see you know what something i see on the internet and many people that are watching this they see all these three months planche get planche in three months you know and it's so confusing if maybe if you have a base you've been working out for two years before, it's possible what? if you have a really good base and you're aiming only for planche plus you're super talented if you're super talented Maybe, maybe it's possible, but it also depends of what does it mean full planche level for three months. Like good full planche, 10 seconds full planche, impossible. If it's straddle planche, bad form for three seconds and you're super talented, maybe it's possible, yeah. But this is something like, it's good that you say this because to be honest, I talked with Eric as well, he said it in the interview, it's too much bullshit out there, like too much confusing. And, and you know, it's only like, oh, you get planche in one month and people watching this and they're like, okay let's go i'm gonna get in one month and then 
after one month they get so unmotivated look exactly because of this in my program i haven't put any time limit like my program is divided into 10 parts but each part i haven't put that i haven't put any time limit like say for level two you need you will do it only for two weeks no like you go to the next level when you meet the requirement the minimum requirements of the next level look everybody is so different i've learned planche straddle planche maybe for six seven months i don't remember but i have my friends who are struggling with it who are trying for two years and it's just not happening like they're genetic genetically not that good about planche because yeah i can't have it it's much better if you're short and if the proportion and it's really important the proportion between your hands and your body so i had some friends who were really tall like me but it's possible bro it's possible yeah if you were i'm not giving up you just need a little bit more time a little bit more of time course. i i know that and i want to say this to all the tall people as well like what well, i'm 183 i weigh 80 kilos mm -hmm. i know it will take time bro just look at there are many tall athletes who are strong it's not impossible yeah. like 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 just look at netco jordan stanchev daniels is also tall gaji atarov i think is as i remember he was taller than me it was something like 178 so you see you can be on a top level when you're even tall because it's not only about how tall you are but it's more about the proportion between your your arms and your body and it's good that you say this is very important i'm happy that you say it because i i i always say on my channel i say to people like listen why are you looking for the fast progress always fast 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 and i have a rule what comes fast goes fast exactly and that people because people don't appreciate it when i have worked for two years for a planche god damn it i'm gonna appreciate it i'm gonna do planche i'm gonna do it everywhere like and that's what, like when I learned the backflip, bro, I, I was so happy. And this, people don't understand this. Look, the slower, the better. The slow way is way better than rushing and skipping the steps. That will cost you injury. I want to talk a bit about your new programs that you started to sell on your website, kamenovcalisthenics.com. You have a full planche ebook. I bought it and I think it's complete. I love it. It's good. Give good information for beginners and advanced people like really detailed i highly recommend to buy it i you also have a one arm handstand guide and a planche on two fingers so can you share a bit why you started to do these programs and for whom are the programs for uh so yeah why i started oh explain fast just just because every time i go to my instagram only for a day i get like minimum 10 guys asking me how to planche and planche tips. So I started thinking, why not do something about this? Because yeah, it's really good to help people, but when it's losing your time, it's not an asset anymore. And it's not uh, it's nothing positive for you. So I started thinking, why not making some something from that? If they really want to understand how I'm training, they will buy my product and it's not that expensive. And yeah, actually, there is no secret inside. People ask me if there is something that if they do, they'll learn the planche in two months or one month. No, no secret. It just it just explanation of how I'm training and how I was training. Really detailed explanation, no secrets, and not nothing will help you learn learn 
bench much faster. The same is uh, for the one arm handstand for the for the finger program. Bro, when you released your two finger plash, I I screenshot it and I posted on YouTube uh, community. I'm like, this guy is crazy, guys. If you want to learn finger plash, here is the only program you will ever find because I have never seen somebody release a two finger exactly, plash. Exactly, that was my idea because nobody ever done this type of uh, program, and you can even. No, see, you can't even see any tutorial on YouTube. Anybody explaining with a good quality how it must be done. So I said, maybe I must start with this one, even though it's not that mainstream. As I already told you, if you want to get a lot of revenue from programs, you need to go more mainstream. You need to sh show them the basics. Like people care more about learning handstand rather than doing planche on two fingers. That's it. People know it. They're watching. People know it. It's it's normal. Like people want to more know about how to do a backflip rather than I don't know. Also, another thing: in order to make planche on two fingers, you must already have at least five seconds straddle planche. That's a minimum requirement. And everybody, people, not all the people on the streets have five seconds straddle planche. But it doesn't matter for me. I wanted to start somehow and start by a different way, not just giving the people the regular planche program because all of them will be like, he's the next guy with these type of programs. But the thing is, you are not the next guy. You are Viktor Kamenov, bro. You, you don't understand people. Like when I comment on your stuff, people are going crazy. People are go like, no, he's the planche god. He's the static beast. He like, and I know people have been waiting for it. I told this to Eric as well. I know people are waiting to get something from you. You guys need to. Like, you have so much knowledge here. Why are you keeping so much secrets? <laughs> but guys, if you wanna buy one of his programs, I will link everything down below in the description. I highly, highly, highly recommend the full planche ebook. It's like over 50 pages, I think. Yeah, uh, it's something like this, yeah. Explaining with pictures, everything. So I highly recommend that. Thank you, bro. So during your uh, eight years of calisthenics, have you focused anything on food? Is it something special food or? Oh, it's, it's a long story about the food here. At first I had no diet. I was eating whatever I see I, and or I want. Uh, but then like maybe two years after I started, I, I thought about changing my diets and no, nothing that special, but only cutting the fast food and shits from, my, from what I'm eating usually. And yeah, I, I saw a big progress and really fast progress. So I started eating by this way after. In 2018, I saw one guy, I saw guys from my gym who starting eating less than normal in order to get lighter mm -hmm. and get faster results. Usually, uh, those guys were not that good in planches, but I saw incredible results. They got lighter. Mm -hmm. And I said myself, why don't try the same way? Like I'm already good, really good in planching. Maybe if I start eating less, I'll I'll become I'll become an alien. I don't know. Yeah. So I started removing calories, calories till I went 700 or 800 calories a day. Yeah. I remember the Eric interview. You were amazed from how less Eric is eating, but I was eating those calories each day for one month from 64. I went down to 57, 57. It's like a girl weight. It's like a girl weight. Like my friends were telling me, bro, your head is getting bigger. Yeah, at first the results were amazing. I was just flying. But just think about this. The volume of your trainings is the same while 
your body weight is getting down and down and down. And of course, as a result, you have less strength in the end, right? So I lost a lot of strength. I also lost a lot of endurance. This condition I was competing in Burning Gate 2018. So yeah, I lost a lot of uh, endurance and strength. So yeah, the problem is that it's also not affects your trainings, but also affects other aspects of your life. Because, you know, food is, is like the, the down of the pyramid. Man, so like 700 people. So, you know, you should never eat 700. Exactly, exactly. That's the worst thing you can do. That's the worst thing you can do. Let's just eat normally. Right now, I don't count any calories. At one point, I was counting even the calories from the coffee. See, it's, it's like disease. It's like disease. Right now, I don't count any calories. I'm 71. I was 57. Right now, I'm 71. I don't care about what I eat. I just look at the quality. And I trained hard. That's the only thing. You Man, know. 71 is not, you are pretty big. Like it's a big weight. Yeah, actually it's a big weight. And it was hard for me in, in the beginning when I started eating normally. Because from 57, you're, I was totally clean. I went 60, 62, 63 in just one week, which, which is a lot, which is a lot. And it, of course, it's not that fat, but it's also water. Yeah, a lot of water. Like a lot that's of water. a lot of water. And just imagine... You're used to 57 kilograms for one month and then going to 64, 65. Of course, I could do all the things, but it was hard. So I needed a lot of time to get back to my shape. And right now, maybe it's all already a year and a half since that thing that I did. I feel just perfect. Like I'm 71, but I'm much stronger than I, when I was 50, 57. Okay, a secret that people want to know is, is all the weight in your biceps? Because those biceps are big, bro. You think so? Bro. No, I... <laughs> Bro, those biceps are as big as my head and my head is big. So I don't know what's the reason. It's genetics, Maltese, maybe some biceps curls. I don't know. Never trained that much specifically for having biceps. That was never my biggest goal. It all came from skills, I think. Yeah, it's. Just, I know people like people are asking and uh, this is like everybody that see your biceps your arms they're like what is this like it's it's unbelievable because if if i look at like eric and you like just just from pictures how you look he doesn't have man look it's two heads i'll say really genetics because i'm not genetically that small like i i have potential to gain weight because some people hardly gain weight and so i'll say it's genetics also the form of the biceps is genetics you can never change your form or your train. But yeah, for sure, uh, Maltese had a big influence on my biceps, how it looks right now, because uh, a lot of tension is right there. And it's so different tension from, for example, the traditional biceps curl that people do. It's different type of tension on a straight arm. Uh, when was your last competition and where? 2018. Burning Gate Cup. I, I was not planning to compete there. Just my friends told me, bro, go again, go again, win it again. Because I already won it in 2017. I battled there Conti and the judges said that he's the winner. And actually, it doesn't matter for me. Because look, uh, all the cups and the prizes you get when you become a champion, doesn't matter in fact. Like, the thing that stays is how people react to this. Because I'll never forget all the people, all the crowd, all the Italians who are around the playing grounds after the set, 
just came to me and told me, bro, you're the champion. I think that's that's much more important than just having a cup. Look at here. It just stays here, but I just don't see it really. I forget it, but all that feelings, I'll never forget how, how the people came to me and just told me, you're the champion. That helped me so much. That helped me for a week. That helped me for for years. You see, I'm still hyped. That's much more important than just uh, one cup. All right, so 2018 was the last time. And you talked about this a bit, but you said that you got unmotivated. So why did you stop competing at all? Why didn't you just go to the next competition and try to find motivation there? I don't find any reason to do it. Like to prove yeah. myself again and again. Like people saw that I'm the best or yeah. I'm one of the tops, let's say, not the best, because also we're also yeah. really prepared at this moment. Yeah, I, I don't find any reason that I need to continue. Plus, I went a little bit down with the level, honestly. I was most of the time on 70, 80% of what I'm usually doing. So I never compete on 70%. And when are you going to compete next time? If I go to compete ne next time, I'll be on 100%. That's it. If you're not on 100%, better don't go. And if you go, try to show a new level of yourself. Don't repeat the old things that you did. That's really important. So people will see how you're improving. Because so many guys are doing the same things for three, four, five years, just going and competing and again and again. No, it just doesn't work. That's That don't help them even for getting more popular. You're like Eric. Eric said, Eric said the same, that when he wants to compete, he wants to innovate, do something that nobody has seen before. Exactly, exactly. There is no reason. It's just wasting your energy, your time yeah. to compete in a competition when everybody has expectation from you to be the best, to be in the champion. And if you show the old stuff, you can't be actually the champion, right? You need to work much more. So again, I'll say it. If I compete again, I'll be on 100%. That's it. You have no specific plan when you want to compete. I have some thoughts about... Some competitions that I'm, I think I'm not done with them. Sometimes when I'm sleeping, I woke up and I say, ah, something is not done. I need to finish. Not about how, what my mind thinks. It's what my heart is telling me. Yeah, so I have some thoughts about autumn, but we'll see yeah. how the crisis and that virus is going. People will need to wait and see. Patience is the key success for everything before a competition how do you prepare yourself how is like how is a schedule you don't need to be really specific but how do you train how do you focus what do you focus on when you have a competition in three months uh, already the difference between training for a competition and or just training for overall strength is so di different because right now yeah. i'm training just for maintaining my level which means that yeah. I'm not focusing that much on combos. I'm not focusing on freestyle. I even don't do any freestyle. I'm just trying mm -hmm. to maintain all my skills to have just a clean Maltese, just a clean uh, front lever, clean full planche, have a finger planche, have an overall body preparation to be strong. Okay, endurance. But as I said, endurance, when you're training for a competition, you must start working more on the endurance because, you know, there are competitions where you need to battle with the other athletes for eight rounds or nine rounds. So you need to hard endurance, really. When I'm preparing for a competition, I just put two days in a week that I'm preparing exactly for this competition and I'm repeating all those 
combos in order to get that endurance. Like I'll never forget, I've never trained harder than for Burning Gate 2017. That was after I battled La Rosa and La Rosa won. I still remember at this time I was training two times a week, only the combos, only the combos. And I was able to do the hardest combos after base workout. You see, after yeah. how to do the hardest skills, which means that when you go to the competition, you kill it a hundred percent. You see, yeah, yeah. The idea is to have like killing endurance. So you must you must start concentrating on endurance. Also, not forget about statics, holds, statics quality, presses. That's usually how I divide my trainings. I never go with everything we want training. It just not possible. We are like you're not God. You can't uh, focus on everything with a good quality. And how long before do you do this? Like, is it one month, two months, three months, or how long before do you start with this? I think two months is is enough. Two months is enough to get in a good, really good form. A month is not enough. Maybe maybe a month only if you want to prepare what you already have. I think two months, so you will have more time to think about doing new skill, right? Doing new skill and learn it to do it to be a hundred percent sure and then put it in your routine put it in your set if you don't have that much time yeah forget about the new skill just do what you already have i think many of you top athletes are saying the same like before competition endurance is important but how do you think when it comes to the mindset look the mindset is really important to feel that you want before you actually win that's really important okay. yeah I was exactly on this like mindset. visual visual yeah, exactly to visualize i was exactly on this mindset before burning gate 2017 like i i knew that i'll be the champion there i just knew it even though even though it was in italia i was again italian who was two times champion before that in this competition but yeah i, I said to myself i need to do it like he beat me in the ultimate battles yeah but that gave me a lot of motivation to keep going and meet him again. But the mindset is important for you. Like you, you see yourself winning before you do that. The feeling is exactly like feeling that you win before you actually win. Feeling that you're the champion before you actually are the champion. So your body gets prepared for that and works towards that. Exactly, exactly. Like always think about that you already achieved something and you will achieve it. Who was your hardest battle? I think Street Workout Ultimate Battles 2017 uh, because we both were really, really close with La Rosa. So it was hard to say who was better. See, that's why it was it was the hardest battle for me. Yeah, so it was against Andrea La Rosa 2017. Uh, I, I can't say that my battle against him in Burning Gate 2017 was that hard for me because I was much more prepared. Like, I, I knew that I must do it. I knew that I'll do it. Like the second time you met him? Yeah, the second time I just knew that I'll, I must beat it. Of course, I, I can't deny he was in not also in his best form. I think he was injured. Yeah, yeah. yeah people said, said that, that he had a shoulder injury. Yeah, I think he had, he had something like this. But really, I was on my 100%. And I, was, I set my level according to his best level that I saw in the ultimate battles. That's because I was burdening him and... In order to win, really to win, you must be way above all the others. Especially if you go to a competition in Italia when you beat Italian, you know. So you must be way above the others in order to to be the champion, right? 
I'll give you another example. The battle between me and Conti. What actually happened? I had two times more complicated moves, but in the same time, he made two times more elements, right? So what happened? We really have almost the same points. So it's we're so close. Even though I made even though I made harder combos and harder stuff. He made more stuff. He made more stuff, of course. And of course I, I look at this like my mistake. I had to think that I had to prepare myself better, to prepare myself better for that set, to make a better set. Not just to tell made a better decision. No, it's not a good mindset. Like think about that you made a mistake. Because if I was way better than him, if I made yeah. less Maltese hold but more elements. I was going to win. So it's really important not to say he's wrong. No, I'm wrong. Yeah, you you blame yourself. In I that. blame myself. Of course, I blame myself. But I don't. You take responsibility. But I never regret about it because it's a good lesson for me. Yeah. I I like that, and I have the same mentality. Like everything that happens in my life, and I think many people needs to take this as well because it would be easier to live a life like this. If you can take 100% responsibility for all the things that comes around you, you will like have more control. If something bad happens, have okay, Iman fault. I could prepare better. I could this. I could that. Bah, 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 so so on. So I'm happy to really happy to hear this. Who would you like to battle? If you had another competition, who would you like to battle? Honestly, I want to battle myself in the next training, just to be better than my past version. Yeah. I don't want to battle any specific guy, really. Like, I don't want to battle anyone. I have a question, and it's about Eric. I see you and Eric, you, you both are, like, I call it the alien level. If you have watched my reactions, like, you guys, you are aliens. Yeah, like, you are not from this planet. I don't know which planet you are from, but you're not from planet Earth. And, but you have never battled each other. No, we've never. I actually had an invitation to battle with him but it was exactly in a moment that i was not in my best shape so i said maybe don't go just because i told you yeah. if you go to a battle you must be on 100 like if you're not on 100 then you will regret you're just exactly. losing your time we i already had one invitation but i was not in my best form and, and i was i already stopped training dynamics and of course if i want to beat him i need to train dynamics it's on, not only about uh saying okay i'll do it Let's show to the people. Let's show to the people. But no, it's about if you're ready or not. If you're on 100% or not. If you want to train dynamics or you don't want. If the battle was only statics and power dynamics. Uh, maybe I'll think about. Maybe I'll think yeah. about. Because yeah. I, I, that battle, I, that battle will be the legendary battle of all time. Yeah. Like, Look, maybe I'll would... think about because uh, he's always been my big motivation. Like one of my biggest motivation and... To be in such battle, in such a battle will be crazy, really. Man, I will have so much popcorn during that battle. Ah, <laughs> so damn. If the competition is something like this, maybe I'm more okay, yeah. But look, I, I'm not that much into dynamics. I think everybody has his own opinion. I'm just not enjoying it. Of course, of course I don't say it's easy. It's not easy. I tried it. It's not easy, but I'm not just enjoying it. Yeah, some people just don't have, like, like it. Like, they don't like the, you have the static, like me, I love freestyle. I, I, I love it. Like, I, when I think about doing freestyle, I'm like, damn, 
it's time to fly you know I want to do the crazy stuff when I fly I, some people don't have that some people have that for statics and it's okay like everybody needs to be different now the time for the question about Andre La Rosa you battled Andre La Rosa in Street Worker Ultimate Battles the first time and lost against him many state that the judging was wrong and you should have won what do you think about that battle because in my opinion if I, I am always honest I think you should have won. That, that is what I think. Maybe well, like we both were really close. Maybe I was a little bit stronger, a little bit better because I also did some dynamics. I don't actually regret about it and I don't care if I, if I would have won because it's already passed. And I, as I said, I don't regret because that gave me so much motivation for the next competition. Because when the judges said, La Rosa is the winner, I said to myself, okay, Next time we'll see. I'll try you again. So after this, I got an invitation from Burning Gate and I thought, yeah, maybe Burning Gate is the other opportunity. And I always said to my mind that I, I must be this guy this time. As you can see, I don't regret. And this gave me so much motivation for the other competition. The second time you battled him, I would say it wasn't as interesting as the first competition because I saw his level like he was like we said he was he had an injury maybe uh, in the shoulder and he didn't perform the crazy stuff he didn't really like had that battle mentality against you like in the first battle that's actually true because he was not on 100% when I was on 100% and I set my level to his best level that's the difference but and you get you got that big uh, trophy yeah I got the big you. trophy uh, which is still here Man, it's so freaking big. Yeah, bro. But, you know, it's only a good memories. But about this competition, I really never trained harder than this. Five hours a day in the gym. Five hours a day. Like my friends will tell you, crazy, crazy. I was going crazy doing all my sets five times, one after another. That's the only way that you have that endurance. So that you can go in the competition and you have no problem. As I already told you, I was doing my sets after a base workout when it's supposed to be, when I'm supposed to be that, right? You see what, uh, at what level of preparations you need to be for a competition. I really can't deny that training for a competition needs much more time. As I told you five hours, four hours, something like this, because you need all that time, all that re repetition of your sets in order to get that endurance, right? But if you're not focusing that much on competition you already have a level and you just need to maintain it you don't need any you don't need more than two hours like you put 90 percent the work first and then 10 percent to maintain it yes yes it's something like this i i even look at it like in investment yeah look at it like investment I, I invested so much time long ago so right now when i don't have that time i still need to work on it but not of course five six hours a day but when i decide to compete I need to go back to those routines. Yeah, yeah. If you want to win. One of my favorite competitions that I've been watching is World of Bar Heroes. Like the prof how professional that is. World of Bar Heroes, really the system that we, uh, the system that is used for judging is maybe one of the best. I, I was I was there judge, I think three times and they, they put all the judges into boxes. So you can't see that what the others are judging, right? And of course the results are way better. 
for this type uh, for this type of judging okay guys but before we continue I want you to like this video and also leave a comment down below but the most important thing is that you share this video with others so this video can reach even more people and show who this Victor coming up the alien of static <sighs> He don't even know what planet are you from like guys just share this video all right we have the last questions and it's about the trainings people have, this I think this is the part that people have been waiting for <sighs> let's ask how do you learn planche in two weeks that was the worst question what is it seriously that's the worst no, question we will not ask that question but what is your weight and height I'm I'm uh, 170 and 70 kilograms Currently. If a person want to start training insane static skills like the two finger planche, what are the requirements for that, in your opinion? Minimum five seconds straddle planche. Just because it's really important when you start training your fingers not to think about your shoulders, your core, that you don't have enough strength for the planche. You must already have initial, initial strength. You must at least have that five seconds of throw planche. So you can focus then more on the finger strength. I think there is no need for more than five seconds because there is no difference between the pressure of uh, the fingers when you're doing full planche or style planche. I think the pressure is almost the same. The only thing that is different is that in the full planche, it's a little bit harder to maintain the balance. If someone wanna progress faster in statics move in general, what is the best tip you have for them? Just not to rush. That's the best thing. That's the best thing. If if you look at somebody who is doing Maltese press, but you're still doing 10 pull-ups and you can't do any more, don't, don't think about any attempts of this. Just think about first improving your initial strength and then starting and follow the steps. It's really important to follow the steps. Don't skip because skipping leads to injuries and injuries leads to no progress slow and steady wins the race exactly that's the best thing i can say no rush if you lost all your strength and skills today and needed to start over again how would you schedule training for a month you don't need to be exact in detail but how would you think that's a tough question because uh, I, I know if if anything like this is possible to happen but I'll just uh, separate my trainings and never do all the skills that I want to learn in one training. Something that I was trying in the beginning and it was just not working. That's one of the mistakes that I did. I'll not expect from myself that just in a month I'll get all my skills back. It's really important not to expect. Like I'll expect really, really small progress and that will be much better for me rather than trying to get back all those skills in a month. Like time is flying. Anyways, it's time is flying. No, better not rush. You always go to that level. Now, during your time in calisthenics, have you had any big injuries that have stopped you from training? Yeah, uh, in 2014, because I wanted fast progress and I was crazy about one arm handstand. I wanted to progress so fast in one arm handstand. So I was doing it every day, like in the morning, in the evening, even outside when it was cold. So what happened? I injured my right wrist and i injured it hard i couldn't do any any one arm handstand anymore so yeah even when i went to the doctors they told me oh boy you need to stop like it's it's not good for you you need to stop it i actually stopped exactly that skill but because i'm hard-headed i started doing it on, on the left hand or one arm handstand on the left hand because it, it was still okay the left hand that's how i learned it on both of the hands after six months, I was not concentrating that much on the, that right hand, so my wrist was better and 
right now I can do them both. This is a tricky question. Um, if you had to choose to do CrossFit for the rest of your life or never be able to do planche again, what would you choose? Again, a tough question. <laughs> Maybe leave it like this. Maybe leave it like this. Answer that. Like, this is awesome. Have you only been doing bodyweight training or have you been doing weightlifting as well? Mainly bodyweight training, of course, because I started like this. Also, when I was training in fitness for a while, like uh, also before, before the corona came and they closed all the gyms. So, yeah, it was just because I wanted to start something different from the calisthenics, for example, bench press or even squats, just to improve in some other way because... Honestly, some, honestly, sometimes I'm getting bored from all the statics. Yeah. Do you train legs? Because most calisthenic people don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm training legs, but uh, still lightweight and uh, just not to be stick like all the other guys. When I was in my top form, my legs were just thick, like so skinny, so skinny. It's, it's not a beautiful view. Uh, so yeah, I started doing something small just in order to to get normal legs, you know. That's why everybody has long pants. Exactly, exactly. One, one of the reasons, really. Yeah, that, that's it. So guys, now you heard it from Viktor Kamenov, it's time to train legs as well. Yeah. What type of music are you listening to while training? It really depends on what I'm doing. I don't have any specific style. It depends what, uh, what my set is, if it combines good with the set, if I'm doing slow statics only holds or I'm doing some more dynamic stuff. So I don't have any specific. Top three most complete athletes right now, in your opinion, who are competing? Not people who are training only, people who are competing. There are so many unknown guys right now, but I'll just stick to the ones that I already know that already proved. So yeah, I'll say Eric, Ikwan and Daniels, three of them. Yeah, and they're still competing. I saw that they were going to compete into the World of Bar Heroes 2020, but just because of the problem, they didn't manage to do that. So, yeah, I think three of them are the most complete. And also so many who nobody knows. Nobody knows. If you only had to choose three exercises you could do for the rest of your life, what exercises would that be? Again, really tough question. Maybe I'll go for suicide, but... Okay, let's <laughs> maybe I'll go for suicide, but let's say one arm handstand, Maltese, and full planche. Maybe, maybe. But it's a tough question, and I it's don't hard. think I'll be in that situation. Okay, your favorite move and why? I don't have any favorite. I like, I, I like so many moves, but maybe my favorite move is just Maltese because I'm really good at this, and I devoted so many hours of learning it and understanding the technique. So... Yeah, I think that's one of the most beautiful elements in the static game. But yeah, I, I can say it's like my favorite. I, I like so many elements. I don't have any specific. Now, what is the hardest static skill you can do today? Maybe Maltese to one-arm planche transition, maybe. I already made transition from Maltese to this type of planche. And I, I already recovered my one-arm planche, so maybe I think I can do it. And just a little bit educational, because I saw in one of the videos of your videos that one guy was commenting about this planche something and even call it patriot or oh, on the floor yeah. yeah writing a comment that about this planche that it's really hard and it's uh, called patriot 
Planche or something like this. Patreon Planche or something. I don't like. even know how it's called. I do it for so many <laughs> years. The truth is that it's it's shit. It really. I, I'm using that word yeah. because Palestinian guys will understand me. But it's so yeah. much easier than any other normal variation just because you're locking, right? And I, it's really important oh. people to understand this. You know, that's why I also did that in the end of the set, if you remember. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, I did that in the end of the set. But it looks so hard. It, it looks, looks so looks hard, really hard and it's one. It's from things that people who are not familiar with the sport think it's harder. But it's not that hard. It's, it's hard, but it's not that hard. Let's say like this. Uh, what is the hardest dynamic skill you have learned maybe double 540 i've done three times in my life double <laughs> yeah. five. you know that, that's nothing that uh high level right now but maybe the hardest skill that i did yeah we have the last question the last question for today and this interview what what is your favorite quote i don't have any specific but maybe the one that is valid for all the people and all the life is like we are shaped by our minds and we become what we think every everything that has been achieved was first an idea right like i made 36 seconds of full planche i made whatever i made it was first an idea so maybe this is the quote i don't know it's really important how what you think and how motivated are you for achieving it what do you think you will become? I'm happy that you took your time for really to come and have this interview. And people have asked this a lot to take you on to have an interview on my channel after I did it with Eric. So I'm happy and thankful that you took your time for real. It's a pleasure, bro. It was my pleasure. Also, thank you for inviting me for this interview. It's a big pleasure. No worries. And I want to remind everybody to also, if you're interested to learn from Viktor Kamenov, uh, go to check his uh, website kamenovcalisthenic.com I will link everything down below in the description because you recently started to focus on the programs to give people the answer like people are asking how to planche guys go to the website don't ask him go to the website <laughs> thanks again for the support no worries man it means a lot and we will see each other one day we haven't met each other in real life never never one day. hopefully one day see each other and trying together. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Victor Kamen of the Planche God. If you did, hit that like button. It helps the channel grow even more and motivates me to do even more interviews. If you want to help me out and help this channel to grow, make sure to share this video with your friends and on social media so more people can get to know Victor Kamenov's history. And if you're new to the channel and watched this far and haven't subscribed and want to see more interviews with calisthenic athletes, make sure to hit that subscribe button because the next interview is with Vitaly Melnik the crazy kid. So subscribe to the channel and I will see you in the next video.